Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. In Overnight America, live up until midnight, you may be listening to this on the replay, which means that these shows are online now. If you were to find yourself by a smartphone and you wanted to listen to the show anytime, just search for Overnight America and it's right there. A little bit later this hour, too, Brad Young's joining us, a big fan of Brad's stuff. And Parler is hitting Amazon with an antitrust lawsuit. What does that mean? So we're going to message uh, Brad and we're going to spend some time with him talking about the legal side of that. I saw this one article, and this is out of Idaho, CBS2 in Boise. And one of the people that stormed the Capitol, there's a few different photographs that it really grabbed the national attention. I think the dude in the Viking horns seems to be the number one photograph that people were bringing up. And at least in the top 10 is the guy that is hanging from the balcony that is hopping down to the Capitol floor and he's wearing all black. He's got a helmet on, a black backpack, and he's also wearing gloves. You may have seen this photograph. It is pretty amazing, all things considered. And as this photograph went viral, people started to recognize who it is. And photos of the Capitol building being entered illegally. Josiah Colt was the man that was climbing down the balcony onto the Senate floor. He has put out a statement, and this is what the statement says. It says, I love America, I love the people, I didn't hurt anyone, and I didn't cause any damage in the chamber. I got caught up in the moment, and when I saw the door to the chamber open, I walked in, hopped down, and sat in the chair. I said my piece, and then I helped a gentleman get to safety that was injured, then left. While in the chamber, I told the other protesters that this is a sacred place and not to do any damage. Some of them wanted to trash the place and steal stuff, but I told them not to and to leave everything in its place. We're still in sacred ground and sincerely apologize to the American people. I recognize my actions and that have brought shame upon myself, my family, my friends in my beautiful country. And the moment I thought I was doing the right thing, I realize now that my actions were inappropriate and I beg for forgiveness from America in my home state of Idaho. My intentions uh, wasn't to put a strain on our great country's democratic process. In the video we posted, he said that he just got caught up in all of the work, all of the action. 
and he found himself doing things that he wouldn't normally do. So this is where he says he apologizes and he asks for forgiveness. That is something I've been trying to wrap my head around. You get caught in the moment. What should happen to him or anyone else that asks for forgiveness? What level of forgiveness do you think we should offer up to the people that went into that Capitol building? Seriously, should we offer them a little bit, a lot of forgiveness? Should we fully forgive them or should there be no forgiveness at all? 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. I'm not going to drop this on you, but I, I think that some people wonder if it was a kid of yours. Let's say this was your son and he came back and said what he did and you'd look at it and say, I can't believe it. I think you would know immediately that your kid's going to go to jail. And I think as a parent or as an adult or someone that could be a friend to this person, you recognize what they did was pretty bad. I mean, real bad. And you could say, okay, you, you want the American people to forgive you, but it doesn't stop the country from wanting to have justice done to you. It, it, it doesn't end the punishment phase which I believe every single one of the people that entered that Capitol building needs to be punished. Anyone that entered it illegally, I should say, 100% need to be punished. And I have no problem with them punishing them to the full extent of the law. This kid in Idaho, 10 years in prison, okay, done. You were caught. You were shown to be caught. You have admitted to it. You have asked forgiveness. Please don't throw the book at me, maybe, is the reason why you're doing this maybe to get on the forefront of it. And you can say, listen, man, we forgive you. Thanks for not trashing things, but here's the punishment. Too bad. You tell me what should happen. What level of forgiveness do we need to offer up to those that have entered? Um, let's go to Kim, who's holding on. Welcome to Overnight America. You know, I, I have been seeing the, the, the footage and then listening to you talk this evening. And honestly, this is going to sound mean, but... I don't think that these people can be forgiven. Um, and the reason I say that is uh, how is that going to look if we totally forgive these people for what they did? What's that saying to our kids? Hmm. That it's okay to go in and trash a public building like that? So you're saying no forgiveness at all? You're not, no. a, not even a little bit, but no forgiveness? No forgiveness whatsoever, because like I said, you know, what, what's this showing our kids that are growing up now, that it's okay for these people to go in and do what they did, trash the building and throwing glass around and stuff like that. So, no, I don't think they need any forgiveness at all. Okay. Thanks, Kim. Appreciate it. I do want to get the different levels, and, and I know some people have different thoughts of what should happen to the people that enter the Capitol building. I think saying that they trash the place it's who it's tough because there's different thresholds of what you would consider trashed. So you can say, I've seen the movie animal house and what happens after one of their parties. It didn't quite look like that. Or you can say, you know, I've seen some protests and as soon as they leave, you look at the mess they leave behind. It wasn't quite like that either, but it wasn't like they went in like the boy scouts and cleaned up after themselves. There was broken glass, there was uh, uh, um, people leaving trash on the ground. There was a broken window. And, of course, people got hurt. So there's different. It's all relative, I guess, to what you would say. But 
What level of forgiveness should we give those that entered the Capitol building? We'll take some more of your calls coming up. So give us a call now. It's Overnight America KMOX. Traffic and weather together every 10 minutes, mornings and afternoons on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. Welcome back to Overnight America. So I read the statement from the Boise man who was part of the Wednesday intrusion into the Capitol where they busted in. You know, people died during this. I mean, that cannot be uh, that cannot be ignored. And he was a part of it. And even though he may not have participated in the injury of someone, he was someone that was photographed and has admitted and said that, well, he got caught up in the whirlwind left and he wants you to forgive him he's looking for your forgiveness it might be for his own mental safety it might be for his own ability to try to move on from all of this because it was not i'm guessing one of the highlights or at least the uh, high points of his life it may be something that could have been at the time looked at as wow this is crazy but now in retrospect he realizes he's made a terrible terrible mistake So should we forgive anyone that asked for forgiveness and that went into the Capitol building? Now, you may say, yeah, you know, as a Christian, I can forgive them, but that doesn't mean they can't be punished. I mean, I still want to see them be punished for this. Tell me where you sit on this. Let's go to Larry, who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. You just you just said it right there at the end. I I would go along with that. Couple things. First of all, are you familiar with this name? Tabitha Hassel? She's a radio. She does a radio show on ninety-seven one in the morning. Tabitha Hassel? No. Tabitha Hassel. Wait, on our sister station? Yes. Um, so I went to. So I went to her. I went to her Facebook page last night. And why do you think it's? Why do you think? Why do you think Nancy Pelosi is so adamant about? getting rid of Trump out of office and all of these companies wanting to shut him up. Have you, have you given that any thought? Uh, wait, no, go back to this. So it was something that she mentioned on her show. I, I guess I'm not, it's a pay, it was a pay. It was a, it was, it was an excerpt of an article and she posted it on her webpage. Okay. Oh, I see. Okay. So it was okay, something that she, so, so okay. the article, the articles, one of the articles was by general McNerney. Do you know that name? McNerney. Uh, Okay. They have Nancy Pelosi's according to this. I'm not saying this is a fact, but it it was out there. They have Nancy Pelosi's laptop. Oh, you know, I've seen people posting things about that online, that when they went into the Capitol building, when they went into her office, they took things. Some people were showing mail, like the one guy that was, I forgot where he was from, maybe a Florida guy, but he ends up showing like, yeah, I grabbed some mail from Pelosi's office, which is another federal. That was a guy from Arkansas. Arkansas. Okay. And then, um, yeah, some people say they grabbed a laptop. I've seen that online, but I've never seen that reported by a news agency. Okay. So McInerney went over it and he, he did a post on her and she, she published it basically. And he said, it's treasonous. So that's one thing. Secondly, you know, if you were, if you were going to accuse someone of killing the president. I'm going back to last week's interview. By the way, I don't know where you found Rich Rubino, but I love listening to this guy. He is <laughs> a so pl- he is a plethora of governmental knowledge. It's incredible. He's like listening to a cyclopedia going flipping the pages through. It's unbelievable. I'm, I'm glad you have him every Monday. I learn a lot. Um, so if you were going to accuse somebody of 
killing the president of the United States, you would really want to trump your case up, wouldn't you? Are you talking about what happened here in Missouri? We discussed this last no, no, night. No, I'm with talking about your your guest that did, wrote the book on the assassination of, of John F. Kennedy. I can't remember oh, yeah. the name of it. So, yeah, this is last week. So this goes back right. to our guest that was talking about uh, all the different theories. He's someone that was really into it and then decided to debunk them the more he looked into it. So we had, right. uh, it was Fred Litwin was his name. Right. Okay. So here's, so I worked with a guy that was in the service. And I can't remember, this has been like 30 years ago, 25 maybe. This guy was in the service with Lee Harvey Oswald. Oh, wow. And they did, they <laughs> did marksmanship. They did marksmanship. And I think, if memory serves me, they were in Japan at the time. Okay. Okay. I he don't... told me, he told me point blank that Lee Harvey Oswald was a terrible shot. Maybe he got hmm. a C. Your your host last week said he got 40, 49 out of fifty. Well, of mm-hmm. course, the military the military's going to say this if they're involved in you know pointing their finger at somebody. Yeah. But my friend told me that Lee Harvey Oswald was a terrible shot. So yeah. all right. That's interesting. All right, Larry, thank you very much for the call. And, you know, the interesting thing about that interview last week with Fred Litwin, uh, he is the JFK uh, K conspiracy theorist debunker. He's wrote a couple of books on it. And he we opened up the phone lines where people called in and they put up some of these different ideas to him, saying, challenging him, say, how in the world could this mesh up? How, how could this happen? What's up with this? I've heard this. And the nice thing is I, at the very end of the interview, asked Fred, if he would be interested in coming back on the show, or maybe I emailed him and he said he would. So we had such an outpouring number of people that reached out and wanted to ask questions to him. I know we'll bring him back on. It's just we're not going to do it anytime soon, considering we just had him last week. But still, it was a very popular segment. So I'm glad Larry mentioned that. But that's actually in the podcast section right now. If you wanted to go back and listen to it, if you search for Overnight America and you can find it right there. Uh, 314-436-7900. And this goes back to what we were talking about uh, at the very start of that conversation and and Kim who called in first. But a Boise man who stormed the U.S. Capitol building said, I got caught up in the moment. And we're looking at the photographs of him getting caught up in the moment. This is one of those photographs that may even be inside of the textbooks when they go back and look at what happened here. I'm looking at a photograph of him right here. Okay, so when they zoom in on him, he's wearing... Not just regular gloves, they look like tactical gloves because there's padding on the knuckles. He's wearing um, knee pads, okay? And he's wearing this bandana, and he has it down below his neck so you can clearly see his face. And the look on his face is quite one that they captured, one that is memorable enough. He didn't look like he was regretting what he was doing at the time, at least in that photograph. So what I wonder is, how can we hear the statements here? And someone just texted me and said that somehow they knew the person back in high school, you know, considering we're not that far away from Idaho and the KMOX signal reaches it. They said he was kind of uh, creepy back then is what one person tweeted in. Don't know if that's true or not. Um, it's amazing how small of a world we live in. When some of these photographs get out there, people start to pick apart Oh, I think I know that person. Oh, this person's over here. This person's over there. I saw earlier today someone on my uh, Twitter feed mentioned, oh, I see someone with a blues cap on. Oh, boy. Looks like we might have a local connection to all of this. 
so what should we do? A Boise man who stormed the U.S. Capitol says, hey, I'm sorry, I, I made a mistake. Please forgive me. You can say we forgive you, but we'll forgive you more at the end of your term in jail. <laughs> That's the way it should go. We will forgive you more uh, at the very end, just like the government will forgive you when they let you out. I wonder if they're going to press for 10 years for each person that went into the Capitol building. And I also wonder how many other people have been charged with this same crime based on when President Trump last year uh, upped it to 10 years based on all of the different federal buildings and things that were being just completely beat up and under attack. And he said enough is enough. Just makes you wonder. Let's go to see. I don't know who this person is. Uh, welcome to Overnight America. I'm sorry. What is this, brother? Something? Yes, brother. Modest virtue. Okay, so tell me about this name. Where do you where do you come up with this name? Well, I do a little radio program, and I address the needs of the people, and I use this name, Modest, doing. Uh, recommend to the people that we need to get back to modesty and virtue mm-hmm. and it's it's a radio name okay but anyway i called this evening to point out the fact that the president did in fact uh declare that anybody caught defacing these federal uh statues or what have you mm-hmm. they will be held accountable so i understand uh, the young man's concern he got caught with his hand in the cookie jar and uh but he, he took part in a, a, a group effort, a group activity. And in the midst of all this madness, whether he was a part of it or not, some people lost their lives. So it was a serious offense. And the thing that's going to be most outstanding is the fact that the whole world is looking to America as a beacon of democracy. And so hopes, hopes were dashed all across the globe. All across the globe, hopes were, glad, were dashed. This is the one place where they figure anybody can come and have a ray of hope of obtaining a decent life and to play upon the fears and insecurities of people and to, for people to feed into that, you know, that's a terrible thing. So, you know, I, I understand his concern, but I've talked to a lot of criminal, uh, career criminals mm-hmm. who had gotten caught. And these were their words to me. I wasn't trying to hurt anybody. I was just trying to get away. Mm. I wasn't trying to hurt anybody. I was just trying to get away. Yeah. And in the process of trying to get away, they hurt some people and some right. unto death. So, you know, I, I feel sorry for the guy. He got caught up in the moment, but at the same time, he knew what he was doing. He knew well yeah. what he was doing. Yeah. And let me point out, too, just based on the photographs I've seen, he came prepared. You don't go to a uh, protest with knee pads and some sort of tactical gloves on unless you're planning on doing something. So I got to say, you know, he didn't just get caught up into it. He was there looking to get caught up into something. Premeditated. Premeditated. It looks looks premeditated. So this might be a nice it might be nice for now to say, okay, we need to look at forgiveness. But uh, I don't know. The pictures tell a whole different story. All right. Well, brother, modest virtue. Thank you so much for calling in. Good to hear from you. Do it again sometime. Thank you for That's taking very my nice. call. Mm-hmm. 
When we come back, I want to talk to Brad Young. He's from Hairstyle Fisher and Young. He also fills in on the show. He does a great job every time he fills in. And over the weekend, we were having a conversation about Parler and what is going to happen next in big tech companies, censorship, whatever. In general, I thought, well, is this reminiscent of something we went through in the 1990s? And he said, I don't know, maybe a little bit. And then something happened over the weekend, part of a discovery in a lawsuit that makes it sound like it's something exactly that happened in the 90s between Microsoft and the U.S. government when it came to antitrust. So there is a lawsuit that has been filed, and I talked to Brad Young about that coming up next. What are the merits of this lawsuit? We'll uh, take a break. We'll take a look at your weather, too. It's Overnight America, KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. News Radio 1120 KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals. He's from Hairstyle Fisher and Young, regular contributor here on KMOX, and it's always good to welcome Brad Young onto the show. How are you, Brad? I'm doing great, Ryan. Thanks. So, last couple of days have been a whirlwind. Uh, it really started, I think, on Friday when. Twitter started to revoke the access to the president of the United States, Donald Trump, off of their platform and other uh, social media networks started working on it. Facebook and pretty much every single one you can think of found ways, even Pinterest, the website where they share recipes and cute dress designs, said no to Donald Trump on there. Well, it goes a little bit further. And then next thing you know, the app 
parlor, which a lot of people were saying that's where the president would go to. So while the, the, the hosting site, the server for it, Amazon said, no, I think we're going to remove that. And the big tech company said, we're going to take the apps off of our phones. So Apple and Google said, no, we're not even going to opt for this anymore. So at this point, anything the president has associated with when it comes to technology has been revoked or in some cases just completely scrubbed, which led to an announcement today where Parler, the app and website, have decided to file suit against Amazon. And their complaint is one that I think a lot of people are watching, mostly because they're wondering if there is any merit for them to say there's an antitrust suit. Uh, So I'm kind of curious your initial thoughts on what you think might be going on here. Well, Ryan, what's interesting here is timing. I mean, this is what's truly fascinating about all this. So give, if you'll just give me a moment to lay out the timing and the time frame, and you'll you'll gather why this is such a monumental uh, occurrence legally. So on Friday, on Friday, uh, you know, Parler all of a sudden just spikes. I mean, I think their valuation of the company went to close to a billion dollars because Twitter banned President Trump. And so at that point, the Twitter stock price dropped by about 10% on Friday, and thousands of people started migrating over to Parler on Friday. Uh, and, and then what happens is the first thing this morning, now Amazon Web Services completely drops. They're the hosting service for Parler. So everything on Parler is on an Amazon Web Service servers. This morning, they completely dropped them. But uh, I think that Parler had an inclination this was going to happen because on Sunday, they drafted a lawsuit. I've reviewed the lawsuit, and they filed an action under the Sherman Antitrust Act, which dates back to 1890, I believe. And it alleges that there's a conspiracy between Amazon and Twitter. And speaking of timing, it's interesting that Parler points out that just in December, Amazon Web Services and Twitter entered a multi-year agreement. So Parler points out that Amazon enters a new contract with Twitter, and then less than a month later, Amazon drops Twitter's largest competitor, and they're alleging for the benefit of Twitter. And so at that point, I think they make a plausible argument that will get past summary judgment. Wow. Okay. So that is pretty big. If it wasn't for that sort of connection, then it would be harder to bring a suit up against them. But then when you have uh, an action that was taken in a pretty large one, because when you talk, uh, I didn't realize the evaluation for Parler is, you know, past a billion dollars. We're talking a lot of money at stake here when you could use your power to directly influence your competition in a negative way that does raise a lot of eyebrows. So connecting something like that, it is plausible something like this could actually see it stay in court. You know, it, it is plausible. I'm not saying this litigation is ultimately going to be successful, but if we, if there was an allegation of some sort of a philosophical conspiracy, uh, in other words, because Amazon is is primarily run by people who are uh, left of the political center, uh, Twitter we know is run by people who are left of the political center, and you allege that this was done for political ideological purposes, that would be extremely hard to prove. But now that Parler is alleging a financial conspiracy between Amazon Web Services and Twitter that would benefit both Amazon and Twitter, 
they can allege that sort of a conspiracy here, money is always a sexier basis for a lawsuit than is a political conspiracy. And I think that uh, this lawsuit, whether it ultimately is successful or not, it at least at least alleges a basis that will pass initial scrutiny. Yeah. And there was one comparison that came to mind over the weekend, and this is before I knew about the lawsuit or even the connection between Amazon and Twitter, was something that happened back in the 90s when it came to browsers, Internet browsers. And Microsoft, when they were selling their PCs, of course, with Windows, would want to push their own web browser and Internet Explorer. And then you had other competitors that were kept out. And I knew about that lawsuit just from the just from the surface. But when I go back and look at what was filed when the United States filed a, um, uh, a suit against this, based on some of the complaints of the competition like Netscape, who said, hey, we're being pushed out. They, they came and they asked for our secrets. They used them and then they used it to push us out. I thought, wait, this is pretty similar. I mean, there's some similarities You're to right. what we saw because it's based on the Internet. I mean, we're, we're talking about technology and things, though the technology has morphed and changed. But we're starting to see some of the same footprints to what happened some, well, 25 years ago. Exactly. I mean, it follows a very similar game plan, which is one company squeezes out another company for the purpose of, you know, financial benefit. That's your classic antitrust violation. Uh, back in the 90s, it was the U.S. government filing the antitrust action, which they can do. But under the Sherman Antitrust Act, private companies can also file antitrust violations. And that's exactly what Parler has done. And, and when you and I had initially discussed this idea with Netscape and Internet Explorer, I was struggling to come up with a financial basis that one could allege. And then Poof, Parler files the lawsuit and alleges that financial connection. One other financial connection, briefly, is that Parler also states that they had a contract that, that uh, only allowed Amazon to terminate the contract with 90 days notice. In this instance, they gave zero notice. They, in, in fact, Parler learned about it on Twitter before they received a letter from Amazon canceling their web hosting services. Wow. Uh, Brad Young from Hairstyle Fisher and Young. And I'm also curious when it comes to trying to make a case, inconsistent enforcement of their own rules. So let's say Twitter says or Facebook or any of these big companies that well, Parler was just uh, against our terms of service. Thus, we had the ability to terminate the agreement. We don't want them on here so we can do this sort of thing. If they turn around and say, well, the enforcement is inconsistent, considering that all of these things that are said on all of these other platforms, including your very own one that you're in connection with with Twitter, there's a lot of things that are said on there that go unchecked, but you didn't have any punishment for them. Could something like that work in their favor in a lawsuit? Or is that just basically it means nothing in this instance? No, it means a great deal. I mean, for example, the Ayatollah Khomeini in Iran has been posting death to America, death to America, inciting violence, encouraging people to attack America, and they're on Twitter with, with, with unfettered. Now, after this came out, I believe that Twitter started blocking some of the Ayatollah's tweets, but he didn't, they didn't remove them. So apparently, when Trump said, I want you to peacefully protest at the Capitol, that was more egregious to Twitter than the Ayatollah in Iran screaming death to America. And all of those tweets will be parts of Exhibit A through Exhibit ZZZZ when those get attached to the amended complaint. Because when that demonstrates the, the hypothetical, or not hypothetical, but the hypocritical nature of their position, 
that will give credence to Parler's argument that this is really uh, a financial act to increase Twitter's valuation as opposed to simply an ideological battle. Mm. I wonder, are antitrust suits different than, well, of course it's with companies, but different than a personal lawsuit? So like, let's say you were to sue someone else and you get in front of a judge and then you would say, this is how I was damaged. Here's how much money I lost. Here's what needs to be recovered or whatever to make up for it. And a judge makes a decision if that's uh, accurate or not. In an antitrust suit, would Parler basically make the argument, okay, we were offline for two weeks. This is how much revenue we would have made in those two weeks. And this is what we're suing for, plus the the cost of moving the servers and all of this stuff. Or in an antitrust suit, I'm wondering, would they be able to argue, we were on the upswing. We had, I mean, tens of thousands of people a minute flocking to our site. And you cut us off right when we were going into our big boom. Thus, it's you, you can't even calculate how much money at that point we would have lost. So they, they would exponentially try to ask for more. Yeah, there, there's two parts to any litigation, whether it's an automobile accident or an antitrust case. And that's number one, liability, and number two, damages. And all the things that you outlined would be elements of damages. So not only could Parler allege damages in terms of their costs, we had to go find a different server. We had, Instead of using Amazon Web Services, we had to use Bob Services, uh, Web Services. I'm obviously making up, but we had to switch and that cost us money and downtime, but also our lost stock price, our lost anticipated earnings. They bring in economists. They can project that out over a long period of time. All that goes to damages. But very briefly, to state a cause of action under the Sherman Antitrust Act, you only have to allege and prove three things. First, the existence of a conspiracy. Secondly, the intention on the part of the co-conspirators to restrain trade. And number three, actual injury to competition. And once you prove those three things, then you go to the damages phase. And again, I'm not predicting a victory here because we've only seen one side of the litigation. But uh, I think uh, clearly Parler has at least the ability to prove those three elements. Wow. Okay. So this is interesting. So they're not uh, going down and laying down and just taking this. They're coming back uh, swinging, fighting. And this is a, a big thing. So when it comes to antitrust suits, technically, is this like a multi-year type of deal? This is something that get, drags on forever. Like what happens in the oh, interim? Yeah. Well, what happens is is that the, suing Amazon is, is, is analogous to suing the federal government. I mean, Amazon has unlimited resources. They will hire, you know, more attorneys than people exist in the state of Rhode Island. And uh, and so Parler has an uphill battle from the litigation war perspective because they're going to have, they're just not going to have the same type of resources that Amazon's going to have in terms of discovery, depositions, document production, and battling it out in court. So this will be a very, very long, protracted litigation, and I don't see this getting resolved, certainly not in months. It may take certainly several years. Well, here's another kind of wild uh, alternative reality, and I'm just curious if you think, based on an antitrust lawsuit, and let's say some of this evidence goes to trial and they start to prepare could they look at this, let's say the federal government, and say, wow, uh, everything that's laid out here and now seen in practice, uh, this makes a pretty strong case that these tech companies have way too much power. We really need to consider Section 230 again or some other regulation in order to make sure this sort of power doesn't go unfettered. Could this actually branch off into government actions and they get involved? 
Well, now you're getting into a political question, and that's where uh, the the Democrats in Washington are rather torn. If you look at at Democrats like Elizabeth Warren uh, and and those uh, who are in her camp, I think Bernie Sanders is also there. They think that these tech companies have too much power. Uh, but mainstream Democrats uh, are are all in favor of these tech companies because these te- tech companies really are all on their side philosophically. And we've seen that by, you know, we haven't seen many on the left banned from Twitter or Facebook or these other groups. So it really places the Democrats in a quandary because some in their camp are for restricting the tech companies and breaking them up and others are not. So how that will be resolved will be, I think, an internal debate within the Biden administration as to do they want to go after these tech companies that are philosophically aligned with them or should they not? And I don't know how that debate's going to be resolved. All right. Brad Young from Harris Dow Fisher and Young. And I got to say, whenever there's these type of stories out there, I'm always excited to talk to you because I get all the questions answered, all the things I'm curious about. And you're so good at it. So thank you again for coming on to Overnight America. My pleasure, Ryan. And he joins us on the Bomberito Automotive Group guest line on Overnight America KMOX. Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com. Isn't Brad just great when it comes to explaining these things, breaking it down? So good. So here's the story that we were discussing earlier, and it was that Parler hits Amazon with that antitrust suit over the issues that they had. And when they remove them from their servers, I didn't realize, but Amazon servers host about 47, 48% of all web traffic or not traffic, all websites, maybe it is traffic, one of the two, but it's a large portion of the internet goes through Amazon servers. And a lot of times you don't realize that when you go to a website, it's not like, you know, Oh boy, that's going to have to be an Amazon site. No, it's just something that happens in the background. You don't think twice about it. I had no idea that Twitter and Amazon struck a new deal or any of these different tech companies, and it could be looked at as uh, killing their competition uh, and then breaching of a contract. That's pretty big. I think that Parler, don't know if they have the money to fight this sort of thing. They might, who knows? But it's definitely worth looking into. And one of the examples I gave before when it came to Microsoft and the United States government was the one that ended up suing Microsoft. That one ended up uh, coming into Microsoft being forced to have to carry some of these other browsers in there. It just makes you wonder how this one's going to go. Parler has asked for an emergency order to reject Amazon's shutdown. And I don't know who else is going to take them at this point. But it just makes you wonder uh, what exactly is going to happen next. I hope that they're successful. I really do. I also hope that they're uh, that we give a really big look into the way that we have all of our tech companies able to operate with out what seems to be any checks and balances. And yes, uh, I don't want to use the argument that they are just rolling in cash, but I'm just going to use the argument that they have enough cash to comply with anything that the government would be able to throw at them. So what I'm suggesting is we look at some other countries, and in particular, the European Union has much higher restrictions on these internet companies. Why don't we adopt some of those standards, the ones that are consumer friendly, the ones that are individual friendly, and say, well, we need to put protections in for the sake of the people, uh, 
So all of these tech companies, the ones that are out there, the ones that have all of this power, don't have it unchecked anymore. And that at least gives some power back to the people that are there as individuals. And I think that is important for a couple of different reasons. Yeah, you may be a user of it. But the thing is, these companies also collect and use data on you even without your permission. They are just naturally mining your data, your information, selling it, uh, profiling you. All of these different things are going down and you have no idea it's going down. You don't ask for it. You don't give them permission to do that. They just do it. I think that some of these European countries and even the European Union have it right in the way that they regulate these giant tech companies. And we definitely should be looking more into it in that sense. So good for Parler. Let's hope that they are successful in that. But man, that's a big hill to climb trying to take on a giant like Amazon. But they're not always right. And I think they're wrong there. Here's one from KMOV. And I saw other people posting this too. Joyous hot salami named best sandwich in Missouri. Oh, that just brings joy to my heart. I'm looking at a picture of it online right now. And Alex Donnelly is the owner of Joya's. Uh, I think his mother might be a co-owner with that too, but he's uh, one of the owners at least. And man, those sandwiches are so good. I did a profile of Alex Donnelly and I learned all about Joya's then. And I was hooked ever since. Whenever I have People come in from out of town. I say, hey, let's go to Joya's. You're going to want to try one of these sandwiches. And the sandwich, the hot salami, was named Best Sandwich in Missouri by Food and Wine Magazine. And uh, they cover all 50 states. Joya's has a couple of different locations. And unfortunately, the downtown location, I don't know if they've reopened that one yet. Whenever I go into the radio station or days that I was in during the day, I would walk down to Joya's and get a sandwich, bring it back. I would sit down. And I don't do this for all of my food. I only do it for them. I purposely try to close my eyes and I I think about every single bite I'm taking and I just let the flavors just take me over. Oh, it gets me all, all uh, worked up just thinking about it. <laughs> That's what the sandwich can do to me. I haven't had one in a while. This is another reminder that I'm going to have to do that. So they do the call ahead or you can order online and pick it up so you don't have to wait in the line which is nice and then again they're not sponsors of the show or radio station i just plug them because i love them so much and i'm not even using this maybe plug's not the right word but it's just my pure love for these sandwiches and it was so happy to see them that they were up on the list of one of the top sandwiches in the country certainly the top in missouri love to see it when we um come back there's a few other things i want to get to and I posted this online earlier, and I thought this would be good for us to try to cover. At the start of next hour, I want to do just a small tribute to Rush Limbaugh. Tomorrow, he turns 70 years old. He was born January 12th, 1951. And Rush Limbaugh has some ties to KMOX. When I was working on some of the KMOX documentaries, I would ask people that were around in the 80s or whatnot what their experience is, if they had any, with Rush Limbaugh. Uh, Bob Hamilton told me a story about how Rush Limbaugh did a show on the weekend once when Bob was in doing the news. And Robert Hyland, the general manager of KMOX, mentioned to Bob, hey, tell Rush to give me a call after the show. I want to talk to him this week, but don't tell him I want to give him a job. So after the show, through the... Uh, satellite or however they were connecting because Rush Limbaugh was not in St. Louis when he did it live. He said, hey, Robert Highland wants you to call him. Please do so. Uh, do it this week. But he didn't want me to tell you this, but he wants to uh, offer you a job. And 
Bob Hamilton points out that it was just a couple of months too late. I think Rush signed to do a show in New York. I think it was WABC, maybe about six months prior. And he said he couldn't turn it down. It's, you know, millions of dollars and he's in the biggest city in the world. And, uh, you know, at least for he's in a radio city. He was it was perfect for him. So he wasn't able to do it. But if you think about it, there would have been maybe an alternative reality where Rush Limbaugh decided to move to St. Louis, do a job on KMOX. And that's where he'd be right now. I wonder how things would be different if that was the case. Okay, uh, and one of the things you'll hear too, Rush Limbaugh even mentions that growing up in Cape Girardeau, very much influenced by KMOX and one particular person, Jack Buck. So what I want to do at the start of the next hour to kind of do a little tip of the hat to Rush Limbaugh on his birthday, turning 70, that uh, in 1995, Jack Buck was inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame. The next day on his Monday show, Rush Limbaugh did a, a, sm a small tribute to Jack Buck. I'm going to air both of those coming up right after the break. Don't miss it. It's Overnight America, KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.